0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome this morning. So glad that you've joined us. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here at Milestone, McKinney. And uh, and as Alex mentioned, we are one church, multiple locations. Uh, We have our main campus, which is in Keller with our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff. We have our Hazlick campus. And then you're out here right here with us in McKinney. And we love it. We're so glad. That you are here and you've joined us and uh, we know that each and every week it's someone's first time, like he said. And if I hadn't had a chance to meet you before service, please, I look forward to meeting you afterwards. I'd love to meet you, get to know you. So glad and honored that you joined us today. Well, we're continuing in our journey. It really is a journey uh, that we're on uh, in this series called Seeds. And we're taking this journey together. We're looking and seeing what it looks like today. Small groups, many small groups kick off today. They'll be kicking off this week. I want to encourage you. If you have not gotten into a small group, there is a small group for you in the season of life that you're in. I want to encourage you to get in a small group. Here's why it's so important. Join a group because we've found, just through all the years, we've found the best way for people to grow is by doing it together in a small group, growing together, learning, diving into God's Word, experiencing what God has for you, and really growing and intentionally setting out to see what it looks like to grow. And and that's really... What this whole series is about, I mean, when you think about if you're new to Milestone Church, you'll hear this often, reaching people, building lives. I mean, it's important. We want to reach. It's important. See lives impacted. I was uh, talking to a couple that's leading a small group in Little Elm. Okay, if you know where Little Elm is, probably about 35 minutes on the generous end. It's probably closer to 45 minutes away and uh, they were like, you know, we want to do a small group, and, and we just were coaching them up, encouraging them do one. Just invite, invite. And they're like, okay, we'll invite our neighborhood. We don't know who's going to show up. Is anyone going to show up? It may just be us, you know. They have almost 17, I think 17 people from their neighborhood that are going to be a part of a small group. None of them go to Milestone Church. None of them probably even know what Milestone Church is. But they're all going, they say, I don't know what Milestone Church is, but I know you and you live right around the corner from me. I'm coming to your house. Why? Because we believe in reaching people, connecting with people, seeing people experience the truth of God's word, experience a relationship with Jesus because it's transformational. And that's what begins to happen. But it's not just reaching. There's another aspect to what's so important to us, and it's building lives. Building, building, building. What does that look like? That's why we're doing this series right here. Building and equipping. I shared with you early on at the beginning of the year that our heart, my heart, and our heart as a church family, Pastor Jeff's heart, is to see you grow. To grow, to intentionally equip you to grow. We don't know what 2021 will look like. We don't know what it has in store for us. We don't know what's there. But here's what we do know. If you will grow, it's going to be a great year. If you'll grow, it will be a great year. And so we've been doing this in the context of this principle, this this, uh, series that we've called Seeds, looking at this principle that you find in the Bible. It's this biblical principle that really starts in Genesis, goes all the way through the Bible about the importance and the power of a seed. You know, you can read the Bible line upon line. You can preach messages line upon line. Some of you have been in environments like that where you're preaching the word line upon line. But when you look at the word of God, there's also themes. And this is one of the themes, this seed principle. In fact, Jesus talks about when you look in the Bible, Jesus is a seed. God's word is a seed. We're going to look today and recognize and see that when we understand God's kingdom, The potential and power in that, that that too is a seed. A seed for our life and a seed for what it looks like. Because here's what we know, that you can grow if you're willing to. If you're willing to grow, you will grow. But the question is, will we intentionally set out to pursue growth? Will we do what it takes? I, I left you last week in Matthew chapter 13. When we were talking about a parable, it's really a meta-parable. What is a meta-parable? A meta-parable is a parable about parables. And what is a parable, you say? Well, a parable is a story. It's really a technique Jesus used to communicate a message through story form, to communicate a truth, that if you're open, that you're ready, that you want to receive, that you'll gain that. But if you think you have it all figured out, then you just might miss it. You just might, and that's oftentimes what happened is Jesus would share these parables. And we looked at Matthew last week, chapter uh, 13, verse 9, and, and we took away last week this key scripture. It's such an interesting scripture Matthew 13, verse 9. Whoever has ears, let him hear. We recognize, well, wait a minute. I, I mean, last time I checked, I got them in the morning. I got them, I got a pair. You know, some of y'all are bigger than others. Some of y'all are a little more hairy than others. Just so you know, it happens, okay? All the young people in here are like, wait, what? It is going to happen. Just trust me, okay? But just because you have ears doesn't mean you can hear. It reminds me of a story of an elderly couple. They go to the doctor's office, and uh, the gentleman is hard of hearing. He has a hard time hearing, so he leaves the office. And so the doctor meets with the wife and, and says, okay. He's going to get better. This can work out, but there's a few things that you're going to have to do. Okay? I think he can make it if you do these three things. First is, you're going to have to cook some home-cooked meals for him. Like, you're going to have to start cooking again. Eating out, can't do the eating out, frozen foods, frozen pizza, the Costco pizza. I know it's really good. It's only $1.99. can't do that. Okay? You're going to have to give him home-cooked meals. Here's the second thing is. His immune system, there are lots of germs. You're going to have to clean the house regularly. Pick up, clean, declutter. Just make sure that he's not exposed to all those things. And then lastly, he's re- he just, you just need to encourage him in the season. You're going to have to speak kindly to him. You're going to have to really just speak life to him. And if you'll do those three things, I think he's going to make it. He's going to make it. He's just going to be fine. So they get home, and, and the, the husband says, Well, okay, baby, uh, what, honey, what, what did the doctor say? What did he say? I need to know what it is I need to do. And she looked at him and said, Honey, he said he doesn't think you're going to make it. <laughs> Sorry, boo, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go back to cooking and cleaning. And, and I mean, I, I can speak nice words to you, but cooking and cleaning, I don't know, I think those days are done. You know, it is what it is. But, but why? Because he who has ears doesn't always hear. You don't always hear what's being communicated and and you're not ready to receive. And and really, that's what we're going to look at today, this, this principle, this aspect of not just hearing, but the ability to understand what Jesus is saying and what he's wanting to show us and teach us. I want you to open up your Bibles, Matthew Chapter 13, again, we're going to go there. We're going to pick up in verse 18. And what I love about today, this is probably one of my favorite uh, parables that Jesus teaches. And what I love about today is, for some of you, you may be familiar with this this word or this uh, tool. It's called commentary. When you're studying the Word of God, you would go to commentary. It's kind of a, a tool and a resource that kind of unpacks and expounds what you just read in Scripture. Well, what's amazing about today is we don't have to go to commentary. Jesus is giving us the commentary. He's saying, here's the parable. Now, I'm going to give you what this means. I'm going to give you the commentary about what this is, what this means, what I want you to do, and how you can apply it to your life. He's talking, again, remember, in the Bible, the seed is is akin to Jesus. Jesus is the seed, the word of God. He starts talking and he starts dialoguing about kingdom principles and what that looks like when we pick up in chapter 13, verse 18. But it reminds me, as he's talking about this, you think about the most prolific uh, plant, the most prolific grain in all the globe is wheat. There is more wheat grown globally than any other plant, okay, all over. Now, what I, what, I, what I love about this is even in its smallest form, it's fully grown. It is a full fruit even in its smallest form. As I started doing a little research, you know, I don't know about you, you start researching things, and you just start going down. Well, I was all into all sorts of stuff when I started researching wheat, right? And, and I didn't know that. Maybe, maybe you already knew that, but wheat is actually a fruit. So eat your fruit, right? So there you go. Wheat is a fruit, you know? And, and so when you look at it, but when I look at wheat, I don't, I, I just see kind of a brown field. But what I love about wheat, many of the things that you really love come from wheat, you know? You, you may like, you know, if you like salty stuff, you know, those big old uh, uh, pretzels, right? And you get all the dips with them. One of my favorite, though, I, 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 I'm more of a sweets guy, cinnamon rolls. Man, just, yeah, someone said, I got an amen early on a cinnamon roll. That's good. You're going to be amening me later. I just like a good old cinnamon roll. But cinnamon rolls, they make me think of this thing that that my mom made growing up. Maybe uh, you're familiar with it. Maybe you called it something else. In our house, we called it monkey bread. You know what monkey bread is? I mean, it's just like grizzled and like just, just sugar, basically, sugar, and it's just good, and you just break it off, and it's like these little balls, and it's it's like eating giant, giant donut holes, and it's like you just, I mean, the hard part is you start eating it, and you start grazing, you know, like, you just kind of, you just pull a little piece off, before you know it, I may or may not have eaten a full monkey bread by myself, just kind of grazing back and forth, I love monkey bread, but here's the thing, when I think of monkey bread, I don't think of wheat, but this is how it started. You see, that's what Jesus is wanting to help us understand. That this seed has the full potential and you don't even fully realize the magnitude of what's locked up in the power of a seed. There is so much potential. There is so much there that is in store for you. There is more. In fact, Jesus, as he's going into the story, he's saying, there's more for you if you want it. There's more than you even realize. More, you can have more if you realize the power and potential of the seed. There's so much in store for you. Yet, you've got to not just hear, you have to understand. And Jesus is saying that. I mean, the disciples didn't get it at a certain point. That's why he said, let them who have ears hear. They didn't understand. Jesus starts going back and actually is referencing the, the, the prophet Isaiah. And he later on says in full, and actually he, he, he really actually reiterates exactly and quotes Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, when he says, they'll have eyes to see but never see. They'll have ears to hear but never hear. But when they understand with their heart, then they'll be transformed. Then they'll get it. They'll recognize what I'm trying to communicate. And this is what he's talking about here. And so now he comes in and he's saying, I'm going to explain to you. Let me tell you what the parable of the seeds is all about. We pick up in verse 18. He says, listen then to what a parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand, you hear, but you don't understand. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Side note, I've noticed. What happens, Jesus is already already leading towards what he's getting at, the kingdom of God. I've noticed over the months, over the last few months, those that are focused... On the kingdom of God, they're growing. They're experiencing God bringing transformation in their life. Those, everyone else who's dialed in on so many uh, auxiliary things and external things and worry, they're confused, they're distracted, They're they're unaware of what Jesus really has. So he's saying it's not just hearing, but it's understanding. There is a kingdom principle. When you dial in to the kingdom of God, you understand there is more in store for you. But it comes to hearing and understanding. Pick up verse 20. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Trouble, persecution. If you live longer than a week, you know how I many you know you're going to have trying times. It's not if the challenge comes, if the storm comes, it's when. Cuz it's coming. It's coming. You're going to experience it. And he's saying, "Listen, because of the word, they quickly fall away." What does that mean? He's saying, this word right here, this truth, when you begin to live by God's word, it's going to put you in a position where you living that out is now in opposition to everyone else, and it's you're going to face challenges and trials. But you can persevere. You can walk through that. God is with you and He is for you. He empowers you and encourages you. Verse 22 The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone. Who hears the word and understands it? This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. You see, Jesus is contrasting good and bad soil. He, he's identifying here's what good soil looks like, here's what bad soil looks like. I want you to recognize and see what I'm talking about. He's communicating the principle and the power of a parable. You see, because here's what a parable does. A parable conceals his message from bad soil and reveals it to those with good soil. It's a concept of contrast. He's showing you the difference between the two. That when you don't have good soil, when you have bad soil, you're missing it. You hear it, but you don't understand it. It's concealed. But when you have good soil, it's revealed to you. It makes sense. You have this moment where you begin to recognize what God is doing. You see, I want us to think about that word understand. The biblical word for that is revelation. It's a revelation. It's this this moment where you come to your senses. The prodigal son, he was in the pig pen. What happened? It said that he came to his senses. He had an aha moment. You know what AHA stands for? Actually having answers. You didn't know that, did you? I don't know if that's what it stands for, but it sounded good to me. I just made that up. Actually having answers. You have this AHA moment. I get it. When you experience Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you come to know Jesus, you have this AHA moment, this wow moment, that all of a sudden there's a revelation that happens. I was a criminal justice major at Texas State. I wanted to be a federal agent before I gave my life to the Lord. And so I was looking at different agencies and, you know, I ended up thinking I wanted to be a U.S. Marshal and just go, you know, just kind of, Retrieve bad guys. I don't know why. I thought that would be you know something fun to do. And so grateful for all those who are uh, in law enforcement here and, and keep us safe. Grateful for our officer that's out there, Officer Bruno, keeping us safe even this morning. And so I thought well, that'd be a good idea. And and I was looking at different ones. And I remember looking at the FBI. And one of the divisions within the FBI is when you're dealing with essentially money laundering or when you're looking at, at counterfeits. And so it was intriguing to me as I started studying and you get into it that when they are training you to identify a counterfeit, you don't study counterfeits to identify a counterfeit. You study the real thing. You're not going to identify a counterfeit by studying, that's not real, that's not real. No, you look at the real thing, and the longer you look at and study the real thing, the sooner you begin to identify a counterfeit really quickly. That's what Jesus is saying. You look at good soil. You look at what it should look like, 30, 60. You will know a tree by its fruit is what God's word says. You start recognizing that's good soil. That's what you begin to look like. You start recognizing all the other bad soil that's going to keep you from being fruitful and growing. From that seed taking root. You see, this aha moment, when you have this moment with Jesus, this isn't soil management. It's not soul management, let me kind of get it to a good enough place and then I'll just kind of maintain. No, 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 this is about transformation. You see, Jesus is saying when you hear the word and you understand it, it transforms you. The the problem is what happens is for many of us, I was this way growing up before I really gave my life to the Lord at 19. I thought if I just modified my behavior, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to say the right thing. Oh, and I was, I was that guy. I was that kid growing up. I was, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I put the smile on. Boy, I was the I was most polite. But I tell you what, I was a crazy one in the back just kind of getting on all sorts of trouble. I'm like, no, it's that guy. And I was grateful. My middle brother... He was a mess. He was loud. And just when he was rebellious, it was like, you know, I was like, yeah, keep the attention on him. It was like, that was the distraction. I'm over here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, I'll be home. Yeah, curfew. Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I was a mess. Because it wasn't about behavior modification. When I gave my life to the Lord, I recognized God was bringing about a transformation from the inside out. And that's what Jesus is getting at. That's what he's talking about. You see, what begins to happen is you start thinking, okay, I hear, but I want to understand. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. I've got uh, my three little girls. So if you have kids, if you have teenagers, you're definitely going to know this. You may go, well, I don't have kids or teenagers. If you lead people, work with people, engage and interact or communicate with people, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. It's amazing how when you have a conversation, say you have a conversation with your teenager, you sit them down, you're like, hey, I want to explain something to you. Okay, all right, I'm listening. And you start explaining it. And here's the first thing they begin to, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it, I I, I know what you're talking about, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, no, 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 you, you don't got it. You're you're telling me you got it. No, 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 I got it. Or here's the best one. They're like, okay, all right, I'm listening. They're just nodding. You're like, there's time. they're just just staring right through you. You know, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, the lights are on, but nobody's home. They just come, you know, you're looking right at, you know. And you're like, uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I got it. And then they leave and go. They say, I got it. And they go, they do the exact opposite thing you told them to do. Yes, yes. You see, that's what Jesus is saying to us. We're reading this word, and we're hearing it, and you're coming to church, and you're worshiping, and you lift your hand, and you go, I got it. I got it. I got it. He's saying, you don't got it. Jesus' words, you don't got it. You want to know why? You don't got it? You want to know how to evaluate? You don't got it? Because there's this contrast. You can look. What's your soil look like? Are you producing fruit? Or are you going, man, I, I seem to have a little bit of growth, but it gets choked out. I, I, I seem to get really excited and joyful about it, but it never grows and takes root. Or it's like, man, I hear these things, but nothing ever grows. Seeds never go down because maybe that's that packed soil. You're thinking, I got it, I got it, I got it. No, you don't got it. That's Jesus. That's not me. That's Jesus. You don't understand. You're hearing, but you don't understand. It's when we begin to hear that it brings transformation. Last week, we learned to focus on the seed is to care for the soil. You got to tend to the soil of your heart. But it's not just that. We don't stop there because if we do, then that is just soul, soil management. Jesus has much more than that for you. So he goes on, and this week, here's what I want you to get. We do have to care and tend to the soil of our heart, but you can't care for the soil without understanding what threatens the seed. You can't care for the soil if you don't know what's really going to keep the seed from meeting its full potential. God's word, Jesus himself, the kingdom of God, and me prioritizing the kingdom of God. What's going to keep that from coming to pass in my life? And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, look, I want you to understand something that you have to hear and understand, and if you will, it'll transform you. It's the same principle when you give your life to Jesus. The old is gone, the new is come. You're not a clean version of your dirty old self. There is a transformation that begins to happen, and that's what begins to happen when we embrace God's word and we recognize what he's saying and what he's doing and what he wants to do in our life. You see, Jesus gives us the top three things that keep us from understanding. These are Jesus' points. There's times where you come in, you're like, Pastor Chris I had three points today. I have four things I'm going to give you. Oh, double portion there. Six things. Normally he does three. Now I got six. Okay, it ain't that today. Jesus is lining this out. Jesus is saying, here are the three things they are going to keep you from understanding What I'm trying to communicate to you from understanding and experiencing transformation in your life from understanding because you have good soil. It goes down. You produce fruit. You produce a crop 30, 60 and 100 fold because you didn't just hear you understood. Here's the first thing. The first thing he said is the enemy steals what God told us. The enemy steals what God told us. The path is hard. People have been walking on it. Boom, it's just trampled, right? Well, if you've ever been on a hard path, right, nothing grows. When, when myself and, and a few of our pastors from our Keller campus, when we did the Wonderland hike 100 miles around Mount Rainier, we're in all this different terrain. We're out in the backcountry hiking. And we're, one day we're hiking. We're coming down this mountain and it's like this, this big field. There's grass everywhere. There's fields. There's trees. One time we even walked through. It's like this literally, it was, a, it was like a patch of blueberries. We're like reaching down, just grabbing handfuls of blueberries. It was awesome. But what amazed me was you have all this growth everywhere except on this path because people are walking on it over and over and over. And what happens? It gets packed. And when it gets packed, Nothing grows. The soil is hard because of what's been trampled and how it's been traveled. You see, the soil of our heart, when it's packed, it's hard. And Jesus wants to throw this seed, his word, his presence, but it can't take root because it's packed hard. And what happens? The enemy comes and what does he do? He steals it. And why does he steal it? Because he understands and recognizes if that seed takes root, and grows, it's going to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. He sees and recognizes the potential, so he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. So that path. Now, now, and biblically, what does that look like? Well, the word for that, like for a hardened heart, for a hardened soil, is deceived. Well, what is deceived? Well, deceived is when you think You already know what's best, and no one can tell you otherwise. The soil of your heart is so packed, you can't receive anything. You know best, and not only do you know best, you're passionate about it. In fact, some of the most passionate people I know are the most deceived people I know because they firmly believe what I think, what I feel, what I experience. I know it to be true. You can never be told otherwise. So how do you know if you're deceived? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, soften the soil. You're deceived when you can never receive. When you can't receive anything, and the way to overcome that is soften the soil. Humility, humility. Grace, I know that without Jesus, I'm a mess. Without Jesus, the soil of my heart would be trampled and hardened. I know I need, that's that aha moment. I need Jesus. 19 years old, I had an encounter with God driving home from school, knelt down by my bed when I got home, gave my life to Jesus, and the rest is history, and I've been in full-time ministry ever since. That's it. It was that aha moment, and you remember that moment. I can remember the seed of discipleship, a a pastor taking me alongside, mentoring me, investing in me, teaching me, and that seed got in me. It's like, if if I get around you, you get close, and in my orbit, there's going to come a time we're going to start developing and discipling you because I have that seed in me, that seed of spiritual family and understanding what that looks like. You see, it comes down, but that only happens if we soften the soil of our heart and we're not deceived. We're not deceived. See, we, we know, we experience. I know those things. I know Jesus is more than enough. I know that the only thing that's going to impact society, it's not who we elect. It's not what's going on in the world today. It's not what's on the news. It's not what's on the stock market. It's not if you bought stock in GameStop or not. None of that is going to impact. It's Jesus and Jesus alone, Period that's going to transform people's lives. I know that. You, as you begin to recognize that and not just hear it, but understand it, you soften the soil of your heart and he transforms who you are. That's what we're moving towards. Now, you may know people. They got hard hearts. They're that, you're like, oh, I know who you're talking about, Pastor Chris. You know, that heart's all. man. You're nudging your spouse. Like, Easy. may I do some marriage counseling after service. The thought is, the harder the soil, the more I pound it. How do I soften up? So I just pound it, pound it. How's that working for you? It probably isn't. 2 Timothy, here's what Timothy writes. 2 Timothy, or Paul's writing here in 2 Timothy, and he's saying, verse 25, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently, gently instruct. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap his scheme, his ploy. You see, what, what, what Paul is saying is, no, 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 love him more. Be grace upon grace. Upon. I'm not saying there's not, if you're a parent, there's not consequences. If, if you're a spouse or there's a loved one that there's not honest conversation. But what he's saying is, you don't come by pounding that hard soil more and more. You soften it by love and grace. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's Jesus. He's saying, what's going to keep you from understanding is hard soil. But here's the second thing. The second thing is this. He says, when we give up or we give up when we face trouble or we get offended. I'm amazed. There's times where I'll have conversations with people and they're like, I thought being a Christian was like, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, not rainbows and unicorns, but maybe angels and like flowers or doves. I don't know. i like, who lied to you? You read this Bible? I mean, it's, I mean, there are challenges. It's not a cakewalk. There's going to be things that you walk through. There's going to be trying times where you understand that I've built on a foundation of a relationship with Jesus. I've tended to the soil of my heart that I can withstand when the storm comes. I can withstand it. And so I'm not gonna get overwhelmed and I'm not just gonna turn aside when you read what Jesus said. He said, People, it's like the people, the path that has rocks, they receive it with joy. They're excited. You really love it. But it doesn't take any root, there's no depth. How do you get depth? I can remember as a young leader. When I got saved and being in different environments and conversations and about church and leadership and connecting with people, I remember hearing this phrase: like, you know, we got to keep people from falling through the cracks. Like they're coming, they're getting connected. Some are even getting saved, but we got to keep them from falling through the cracks. We got to disciple them. I'm like falling through the cracks. Or we have a foundation problem. What's happening? And they're saying, people are coming, but they're not getting connected. They're not getting discipled. They're not getting developed. And I remember thinking as I grew as a leader, why don't we change that? I'm so grateful for Pastor Jeff and how we've built it milestone. We said, look, we're going to change that. We're not going to, I mean, again, people are going to do what they want to do. But we're going to do everything we can to ensure no one falls through the cracks. It's why we do things like growth Track. You're up here listening. I show, okay, bots, battle, so what does that stand? Okay, you know, oh, that 101, 201 thing, okay, great, all right. Oh, he's done speaking, okay, now on to the message, all right. Well, why do we do 101, 201, three? So you can take next steps. Why? Because Christians come in, or young Christians come in. They get saved, and they come in, it's like a little plant. And you got to tend to it, and you want to help it grow. And things like growth track is just one of the ways. Small groups, that's why we say small groups get involved, get connected, get plugged in. Why? Because it helps you grow so that you develop some roots. You don't just receive it with joy. But then when the challenge comes, you're able to withstand because you have depth to your relationship with Jesus. It's why we do what we do. It's why we make it a priority. I'm so grateful for you as a church family that that is a priority for you. It's a priority for us that we build that way to see so many new families that have been coming since we started regathering in June. So many people that have taken their next step, gone through the growth track, involved in small groups going, I want to grow. I'm just telling you, Milestone McKinney, we keep doing that. Just what? Harvest, 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 harvest. Harvest. God is going to continue to see people's lives reach, transform, people get saved, people get baptized, people get equipped. People start small groups out in Little Elm, 45 minutes away, and they start reaching those people, and those people in Little Elm start getting saved. And like, Can we do a Little Elm camp? I don't know if we will have talked to Pastor Jay. I don't know. Who knows what could happen? We could end up having 30, 40, 50 people and start busting them in from Little Elm. I don't know. But because we're reaching, that's why we focus on that. Because we want you to have depth, but when you continue to read verse twenty-one, what's interesting about verse twenty-one is when you read in the King James version. So we enjoy reading old school King James. Let's go OG. I like the OG King James version. This thou Wendy likes it because she likes you know, you know, just Renaissance period pieces. So she's like, I like it. I feel like it's you know, but that word in there actually says when it it. It falls, they receive it with joy, but then it doesn't have any depth. It's because they, it says by and by they are offended. You see, one of the things that's most toxic to healthy soil is offense. When you get offended. But people who are growing, they don't got time to get offended. We live in a culture now just so easily offended. It's like you say the wrong, I mean, just Soft. Just call it what it is, just easily offended. But you go, no, 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 I'm not going to be, I don't have, I'm trying to grow. I don't have time to get offended. See, you've come to Mossland Church and you think, oh, I kind of like this church. I mean, it's great. The worship's good. I like, they're friendly. You know, that preacher up there, he's okay. Now his wife got up there and prayed. She's powerful. I like that. More of that. More of that. I'm like, more of that, boo. More of that. Yes. You think, I like it. Yeah, this is great. You're all excited. You're glad to be a part right up until you kid kidding in the Christmas choir. Right up until one weekend. Pastor Chris said hi to me the last four weeks in a row. That guy just walked past me. Who does he think he is? I'm going to a different church. There's four right here. I'll just, I'll just stop at another one on my way back out the parking lot. Oh, small group. I mean, oh, you're in this small group. Gonna, why don't I go to that? You didn't ask me to be there. I can't believe they're so clickish. They didn't ask me to be in their small group. It's amazing how we get easily offended. But what happens is when we get offended, we allow the rocks in our soil, we get really excited about what Jesus is saying, but we don't have any depth and we don't have roots that go down. You're not going to grow if you're easily offended. But you will grow if you go, I choose not to be offended. I'm gonna keep tending to the soil of my heart. Here's the third thing he says. He says this. He says, we get consumed by other things or deceived by money. You see, Jesus said this. He said, those that fall, those seeds that fall among the thorns, they actually, they grow. You're having growth in your life. But I love if you read the word and dive into it. It doesn't say that you don't grow. It says you don't produce fruit. You're so worried about everything else that the potential, the fruit that you should be producing, we should be fruitful and multiply. That's what God called us to do, and that doesn't just mean having children. Produce fruit in your life. I said it earlier, you will know a tree by its fruit. What happens is you're so worried about all the other things that those weeds grow as well and they end up choking out that seed. And it grows, but it never bears fruit. You see, you were intended to always bear fruit. Impact people's lives. Share the gospel with others. You are reaching people. That small group out there in Littleham, and I know I keep referencing it, they're, they're not, they don't have a, a seminary degree. They went through some online video trading small group, and we're like, all right, good luck. Not really. I mean, we're going to help and empower. and co- But I mean, trust me, they're going, what do we do? What is it going to look like? Is it going to work? I don't know. Hey, it's a face step. Let's go. We're on it together. Let's just, just reach and build. you, you got to recognize you're not worried about all these. Other, when the worry of all the other stuff, it'll choke it out. But then he says this, it's the deception of wealth. Now, I want you to understand something wealth is powerful. It's a gift. It's a tool. Deuteronomy 8.18. It says that God will give you creativity to generate wealth so you can build his kingdom and provide for your family. So God wants you. It's not a bad thing when it's in its lane. And it's in its lane when it's honoring God, building the kingdom, providing for your family, and you're stewarding it well. But sometimes it gets out of its lane. You know what it looks like when it gets out of its lane? It's like when you're driving. And all of a sudden, Someone drifts into your lane. What do you do? I know what I do. Huh? What are you doing? I don't run. Come on, get around. God bless you. At 9, 9, 9, 9 30 and 11.15. We'll see you at service. That's just on the way to church. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I'll be real kind and gracious to you right until you get in a vehicle right in front of me. It's like, Lord, you got to help me. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's my thorn in the flesh. The Lord has sought to, to give me. I got to work on that. But we know what it's like when people get out of their lane and it gets crossed over into your lane. You see, wealth is good when it's in its lane, but it gets out of its lane when it starts lying to you and telling you the more you have it, the more fulfilled you'll be. The more you have it, the more peace you'll have. The more you have it, the more. And what begins to happen is I've seen so many people take promotions, job opportunities, titles, positions to gain more wealth to try and accumulate something that they'll only find in Jesus. And what begins to happen is you get a lot of wealthy people that are spiritually immature. That they have some growth, but no fruit in their life because the worries and deception of wealth choked it out. It choked it out. But you don't have to live that way. You see, here's what Jesus is saying. And again, Jesus is preaching to us. And again, the power of a principle is he gives a powerful truth in a way that is a little easier to receive. You start talking about seeds and soil. Okay, I'm tracking with you. But what's he saying? Make no mistake. What he's saying is some of you are worried about things that don't matter. and You ain't producing fruit. You have bad soil. He's saying some of you are offended. And you don't recognize and realize that you have no depth. But you got to remove these rocks from your soil because you got bad soil. Some of you, you got a hard heart. And I'm trying to put seed on there, but it can't go anywhere. Because you're deceived and you think you already know and you got it figured out. And he's saying, you don't got it. You don't got it. But he's saying, you don't have to be that way. You can have good soil and you can produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. You see, people who are receptive, that come in contact with God's seed, his word, his purpose, they will always produce fruit. It's only a matter of time. When you look at your life, what are the things that are keeping you from having good soil? He's given us a contrast here. But you're not gonna know what to do by staring at the bad soil. You're gonna look at the good soil and recognize this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. This is where we're going. I wanna grow. I want my roots to go down deep. I don't want to be deceived and have a hard heart. You don't have to. You can tend to those things. You don't have to live offended and just be real excited about what you hear, but never you see I'm always amazed at people's growth. Since we've been back together in June, so many people just coming and going, I'm ready to dive all in. I just want I just God, I want to grow. It's not because they have a certain background. It's not because they have certain circumstances or they just experience it in a different way. What they're doing is they're hearing and understanding, and it's bringing transformation. And they go, I just want to grow. I want to grow. And they're excited. They're, they're involved. They're engaged. They're getting fired up. They're leading small groups. They're becoming a part. I love it. I think we have four new small group leaders just go around. What are they doing? I'm just stepping out. I just want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. That's available for you and me.